Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and what did the beer know, and when did it know it? I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys, and this week we are reading All the President's Men by Woodward and Bernstein. And we're starting with a beer. This is one that's been sitting in the Drunk Guys cellar for a while, because Nate brought it thinking the name was so good, it had to work for something, and then we found that. Three months later. Good thing it is a strong 9.7% alcohol beer, so it does not wust out. This is Lagunitas Undercover Investigation Shutdown Ale. It's almost too appropriate, considering we just had it by accident here. Quite. It's nice. It's a good, it's a good one to start off with. It doesn't. It has like this whole spiel here. It's like we brewed this especially bitter ale in dedication to all of the world's would-be astronauts. What? In and comma <laughs> in remembrance of the 2005 St. Patrick's Day massacre on the brewery party grounds, what and also f- in joyous like celebration. Yeah. Okay. Of our 20-day <laughs> suspension that following January. Do the crime. Do the time. Get the bragging rights. Cheers. It's very punk rock. I don't know what any of that shit means. I mean, it could all be a lie, but it also sounds like maybe they got busted for something. So I don't know what you bust a brewery for, and how do you suspend a brewery? I don't know. It's probably all bullshit. Nothing to do with astronauts. Yeah, they're just making shit up. They probably had a big party and got in trouble or something. They killed an astronaut. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, what is this? This book is old as dirt, yet somehow relevant today. Somehow relevant, yes. And the reason why we're doing this book because is... Because the president still has men. <laughs> the president does still have men. And the president is a man. The reason why we're doing this book is definitely because of our current president. Because he can't bring himself to say his name. Nope, I can't even do it. <laughs> so anyway, we're going to talk about all the, presidents, all the president's men and talk about Nixon. And then we'll see what we can learn about possibly our current situation. And we're going to talk about this book in broad strokes because I don't remember most of it. It was dense. It was dense. And very confusing. Yep. It literally featured it all of the president's men. As you're reading it, it's not that confusing if you can remember the previous bit because it's, you know, it's pretty straightforward. It's just there's so many fucking people and there's so many things. Yeah. yeah each individual section I understood, but then trying to make sense of it as a whole, I needed to make like a conspiracy theory kind of wall chart <laughs> with <laughs> a lot of red string, the, yeah, the strings connecting things. That's the only way I could possibly understood this book. And been able to relate all that detail. Well, I mean, for them, it took longer than the two days it took us to read it. So it probably made more sense. It had time to set in. It's true. Kind of know who they, you know, they kind of know who these people were already. Every chapter in the book has as many clues as an entire detective novel. And then the next chapter, same thing. So anyway, All the President's Men is the story of Woodward and Bernstein, two reporters at the Washington Post, who... Two tiny baby reporters. Very not important, not famous reporters, who... Uh, happened to be at the right place to start investigating Watergate. And, and had never fact, worked together before. Never worked together before and didn't really like each other. Um, they, they was like, they're like the odd couple of reporting. Like one guy was like so super like the, fast like at the, writing. The cat dog of reporting? <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are one. They're connected at the loins. <laughs> Speaking of two reporters, I brought this beer because there were two of them and they certainly spelled trouble for someone. This is Founders Double Trouble which is a double IPA. It was brewed to turn your world upside down. Oh, kind of like our view of the presidency was turned upside down. Oh my God, it's so laden with metaphors. And it will get you coming, kind of like Deep Throat, and going. (laughs) (laughs) Going to jail? (laughs) Ooh. Pungent aromatics up front pair with this all malt balanced, with with a malt balanced backbone and a smooth bitter finish. Like Deep Throat. (laughs) It, I don't know. It's it's kind of... It does not taste as strong as it is. It's kind of generic. What strong is it? 9.4. What strong is it? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me Wow, when it's early. <laughs> uh, 9.4, Yeah, this just came out. It was bottled it in feels pretty. May. It feels pretty, like, generic and like kind of light. It definitely does not feel like it's 9.4%. I think at this point, like, the market is so saturated with 
double IPAs and triple IPAs of this same mold that there's not it's hard to be distinct. I mean it's it's like not even like it's not even super bitter. Oh, I think that, I mean, some brewers like try to make something that's more balanced out like this As a and then it doesn't pendulum out. swinging right back to the middle. Kind of feels like that. That's why I think the New England IPAs are so and like the exciting. Kolsch's everyone's doing now is like I want the most generic beer I can find. I fucking hate Kolsch. Uh, what do you think of this, Nate? It's a very nice IPA. I would drink it again. It's sure. a, it is something you could drink outside and in unintentionally black out on. Yeah. Since it, it's almost 10%. Accidentally, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't taste any stronger than like a basic, straightforward 4% thing. Yeah, it's definitely balanced out to a point where nothing stands out. So you don't realize all the damage that's creeping up. It's cool. I don't... Of fa- the things Founders makes, I don't love their IPAs that much. They do all those stouts, yeah? Yeah, I like their stouts way more. Their barrel-aged stuff that they do like really exciting things. Like they just came out with a... A rum barrel uh, aged IPA, which is really cool. But like this, everybody makes these kind of beers now. It's really hard for them to be special. Just time for new things. I feel that. So it picked double trouble because there are two reporters and they have to work together in a sitcom like fashion for the beginning part of the book. One has hippie hair. <laughs> they talk about that. I don't know. That was kind of a big deal at the time. At the time, yeah. at least for conservatives, they were really like, "Oh, that hair." Uh. He's a he's a he's a commie, anti-war yep. radical with mm-hmm. his long hair. I mean, people have a crazy fetish with long hair since the Beatles. I, mean, I went to that um, fucking, what is it called? David Bowie exhibit at the Brooklyn Museum. Oh. And his first TV appearance, like what, you know, like he was like a young musician kid. He wasn't anyone famous. And he was still David Jones? Yeah, Davy Jones. <laughs> and, with, he, and his locker. <laughs> yes. He, his first thing on TV was he was being interviewed about, he was a long hair rights activist. Like people were discriminating against men with long hair. Okay. Uh, let's talk about, so we're, we're, the way we're going to talk about Watergate is because we read this book, we're going to talk about how it was investigated. It's the opposite of Fight Club. You always have to talk about it. <laughs> First rule is you have to talk about Watergate. <laughs> well, I mean, what we, we could approach it as terms of like what happened because really, and we could, or we could talk about how it was sort of portrayed in the media because a lot of the story of how it was being investigated was not being told at the time. That, was, that story wasn't told until really Nixon was already gone. I mean, this book came out not long before he actually resigned. So the story of how Woodward and Bernstein and other reporters came to actually figure out all this stuff, that wasn't what was in people's consciousness while Watergate was I think even today, like, I didn't, I realized I didn't know shit about it, was everyone thinks it's really just about the burglary and the cover-up of the burglary. But that's, it was like, that's just what led to everything. And it was really just like the impetus, impetus? Mm. But all the, the money laundering and the, and the political espionage was what really brought everyone down and what took so long. Because I, I didn't know. I thought it was just the fucking hotel. Or the building as one of the hotel. All right. Well, let's talk about that. Isn't it like a residence? Well, okay. Yeah. The Watergate Hotel is a huge, it's a huge apartment complex. But it's not just an apartment complex. It's also a lot of offices. And it was actually designed to be a place where people could live and not ever have to leave. Like, like you an, could go, like you could Sim go there, City you could archipelago? Kind of, yeah. You could go there. You could <laughs> go, go to all your shops, do all your shopping. You could go to the doctor. You could go to the dentist. You could just, you could pretty much just live that there and have miserable. all the things you need. Yeah. It's very hot in Washington, D.C. If you don't want to go outside, that's okay. That just sounds like the kind of thing someone would think about in the 1950s, though. Like, a building, you never have to leave. Right? Sure. Yeah. I feel that. Anyway. Powered by coal. <laughs> lots of people lived there at the time, including some famous people and lots of politicians. So here's what happened. A, a security guard at the Watergate complex is in the middle of the night in June of 1972. He was um, walking around doing on his rounds or whatever, and he sees doors that, are, that were taped open. 
and he thought that was weird. He come back, he took the tape off, and then he came back later and found that somebody else had somebody had actually retaped it open. There's a clarify: the tape is like on the latch thing. It's on so the latch. The exactly. door doesn't ever like seal; doesn't so click close. So the door could close, but it would stay unlocked. That was the point. Um, and so he calls the police, and the police uh, interrupt at the Democratic uh, at the headquarters of the Democratic Party which had their offices in the Watergate. They found four, burglars. it was either three or four, I think it was four burglars who were in the middle of doing stuff. And then they were arrested right there on the spot. This is in the middle of the night, June 1972. This is an election year, by the way. And that's going to be important later as well. Because they, they mentioned the fucking creep every 11 sentences. Right. Creep stands for the committee to re-elect the president. So you think they would think these things through when they make up acronyms. They yeah. make a better acronym <laughs> than that? Apt one ever. Yeah, for it's sure. It's like the douchebag gloop. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, this beer that we just opened a little while ago, uh, this new one is called You Had to Be There because that police op, that policeman, that guard, just had to be there at the right time to catch the burglars. And if that hadn't happened, uh, you know, Watergate would never have happened. I mean, obviously. What, Nixon um, probably would have finished his entire term. What are they the might have had some other shit. Beer? I mean, he, he turned uh, this is an India Pale Ale by Springdale by Jack's Abbey Brewing. I don't know what that means. It is 6.5%, hmm. and it's from Massachusetts. It says to drink it fresh. So the guy had to be there to find it. They're the shittiest burglars. Yeah. They really were just the and shittiest burglars. Considering they're ex-CIA. They're like, they're like the wet, the sticky bandits from Home Alone. <laughs> Why would you duct tape open a door when you're already inside? So not only that, but well, it's because they were trying to go back and forth between the the uh, loaded between the garage and the office. But they're already times. inside. Just no. What was it. really stupid? What was really stupid is that they put the tape uh, horizontally so instead of ver- vertically. Right. If they just put it vertically, then there would be no way to see that it was that it was being taped open. This beer, by the way, very good. IPA, citrusy, pineapple kind of flavor. It's light. It's nice. Because we started with two intense beers. This is oh, that's true. Yeah. Definitely like. So here's where it gets really interesting, and here's where Woodward and Bernstein get into the story. So it's that was a uh, Saturday night. Uh, yeah, so that was a Saturday night. On Sunday morning, Woodward and or Bernstein get the call that they want to somebody to go to the what arraignment or um, they're appearing in court for the first time, and it's just the next day. It's like a bail hearing yeah, or something like that. So part of part of why Woodward and Bernstein were just kind of really lucky is that they were actually covering local DC. Stories. They weren't there to cover the president. They weren't there to cover big national stories. So they actually went to the bail hearing or whatever, whatever it was for these burglars that broke into the Democratic National Committee headquarters. And no big-time reporter would have actually done that. So anyway, Woodward and Bernstein, they're sitting, and or Bernstein, they're sitting there. And the judge is asking the guys questions. Like, oh, who do you work for? Who do you work for? Who's number <laughs> two? <laughs> who is number two? No, um... Who, do you work, who did you used to work for? And one of the burglars, I think it's James McCord, or uh, anyway, sw- tries to whisper to the judge, I used to work for the CIA. These are like the dumbest guys in the whole world. And then... The shittiest spies ever. Yeah, totally like, shitty. Like, no one. Just and say so, no one. <laughs> I'm unemployed. <laughs> and so right away, and so anyway, they, so this guy used to work for the CIA. That's a very strange thing. Secondly, the things that they had on them at the time, but besides, besides like lockpicks, they also had an enormous amount of cash for the time in consecutively numbered $100 bills. Why would you bring the money you were paid with to the crime scene? There were no They're fucking idiots. Like, I didn't have a chance to stop off at home and drop it off. <laughs> Right? And they have their phone books because, you know, no, you know, we take for granted having cell phones. They and, had, everything happens by payphone in this book. Yep. And several of them had White House numbers in their book, including numbers that went straight to the uh, chief of staff's office. They're comically inept. Well, wouldn't you think they'd at least 
code that somehow? Like, just put Aunt Muriel and then put that phone number. Right. Like, they why put it as WH. <laughs> that could that be the secret we'll figure code. it out. William Hart. <laughs> <laughs> just any name. Just anything. Or just remember a phone number. <laughs> Just one. Everybody could have remembered one. Back in these days, people remembered a lot of phone numbers, too. Yeah. Like, when yeah. you had mm-hmm. to remember phone numbers. I knew a handful of phone I numbers. I knew a bunch of phone numbers up until high school, and I got a cell phone. I knew probably, like, a dozen, and I didn't have any friends. Like, who the fuck did I even call? It's like, uh, if this were in a movie, you would say, like, this is lazy writing. Mm-hmm. It's too easy. All right, so what actually happens next? So, uh, first of all, I would just like to point out that this is, like, day one of the Watergate scandal. And there's already... It's a lot, uh, a lot of what isn't like exactly uh, maybe kind of circumstantial evidence, but when you put all those things together, you know, ex-CIA officers who are probably kind of politically connected, probably to Republicans, breaking into the headquarters of the Democratic National Con- Committee and clearly paid with fresh bills straight from a U.S. Mint. This is the first day of this, the first day of the investigation, and there's already a lot to go on. There's already a lot of, not only details to unravel, but it already looks incredibly suspicious. It is really dopey. And um, I do like, I thought it was funny that in this book and throughout the investigation, they don't really ever think that Nixon was even involved. They're like, he would never do this. It's definitely his people. Until like the very end, they're like, oh shit, he did it too. Right. Actually, like they don't, it has they don't never, jump to the assumption. It has never been established that Nixon definitely knew of the break-in beforehand yeah, and, I mean, but like or involved, ordered the break-in ahead of time. Involved There's, in the cover-up, but they don't, up they, sure. they don't even like assume that he was even remotely part of it until the very end when they stumble upon other stuff by accident. Mm-hmm. I mean, and clearly from Forrest Gump, we know that Nixon knew a lot more because he's the one that put forced in the Watergate Hotel. <laughs> As in the movie, he's like, where, where are you staying? And he's like, I'm staying at the hotel. And he's like, oh, no, no, I have a much better place. And then <laughs> Forrest is staying in the Watergate Hotel. And you don't even, they don't even say the name. Oh, is that where he's like calling he the calls, cops? Like, like, there's some guys with flashlights looking for a fuse box across the way. And it's keeping <laughs> me awake. <laughs> yeah. And he's the one that sets it all in motion. So anyway, what we've talked about so far is only the first chapter of the book. And then... I don't think we should talk about every single thing that happens in the book Couldn't because it's just it. ridiculous. Couldn't even tell you what happened. So basically, when I heard the first chapter of this book, I was like, holy shit, there are 17 more of these happening there? <laughs> mm-hmm. The amount of detail in the book is overwhelming. Well, they are newspaper reporters. It is. That's but kind know, of their thing. I get that. And it, as we said, I don't know if we said that on the show, we're just talking about it. It feels it's like a 400-page newspaper article. Yeah. But it's super dense. And, and if, the if book actually opens with a, a cast of characters. Yeah, yeah, and like I couldn't remember any of them the, by the time I pa- passed that page. I, was, I mean, what would have been helpful is I, I like printed that out and had it next to me. It was like when I read... Yeah, um, you, you kind of need to do that. When I read Battle Royale, and everybody had Japanese names, so I couldn't tell anyone's <laughs> apart. These are all re- like American names, and I still couldn't remember who the fuck was who. Because they just sound like you played, you know... That's like a name Mad Libs yeah. with names. Like, and Frank uh, McCourt. Uh, and then... Uh, and then Frank McCourt was in this? No, I just made up a name. He was not, no. <laughs> Angela's Ashes were also not in it, actually. <laughs> Nor, there might have been an Angela, I don't remember. There was a bunch of secret name people, the people they didn't uh, name ever. Or I guess they didn't name the time of this book a year later. We can talk about, yeah, we should do another beer, but we can, we can talk about where that uh, <clears throat> particular informant's name came from. Should. Um, any but, particular thing? So here, I think this is a fair enough one to connect. That one's called Critical Thinking. Which is what the reporters applied to this very, oh, God damn it, I hate when that happens. This is by Stillwater Artisanal. I don't see a... It's, it's, one, it's one pant. It says one pant on it. I don't know why, though. Does it really? Yeah. <laughs> shit. One, one pant. It's, 
It does. Oh, I don't know what that means. It's one is measurement like of pant. German or something? <laughs> Still waters from it America. Says, it says right there, pant, one KR. It's a kroner? One kroner, pant, one kroner, yeah. Kroner is... Uh, it's Swedish money. And also, I mean, all of Scandinavian states have krone or kroner. Oh, yeah. But I don't know what the fuck a pant is or why it says I, it's one pant. <laughs> I don't know. You have to get two to get a full, a full pair of pants. I, I'm going to assume because it has like what looks like a kind of recycling thing here. That maybe this tells you something about where you recycle this. Or what? It's the same it? as every fucking can. I don't know. Anyway, it's I was looking for the ABV style. and I just saw the pants. Eleven percent alcohol. Oh, oh, good. St- where is Stillwater from? They are American, aren't they? Yeah, I don't know. Stratford, Connecticut. St- where? Stratford, Connecticut. Stratford. There's another Ford. Not Stamford. Stratford. Tons of Fords. Oh, including Gerald Ford, who we replaced next time. <laughs> Ooh, good connection. That was that was the real reason we got this beer. Yeah, I got it for the place that it was named made that I didn't know about until and now. How it connects vaguely to Nixon's successor. We should, have had, the, we should have had this one last. Completely unelected president. It's true. Mm-hmm. Who was dumb? And who fell down a lot? Yeah, and who was named that because he used to eat cars as a child? <laughs> <laughs> this is an, an a very chocolatey kind of tasting thing. It is. It tastes like a. This is this is, this is what I think of when I think of a stout. I like it. I think this is really good. I'll keep I'll keep yeah. chipping away. I can't tell you anything else about it. It's that super chocolatey flavor. I don't get that like bitter roasted kind of flavor you get out of them. No, often. it's it's not a, it's not as coffee y, but it's still it's still it's still a significant stout. The reporters then are like, "Wow, this is an interesting story. Why do they have Now, I mean, it does take some interest some like foresight or, or like some hunches or whatever the fuck they had. They like, to take all of those weird little pieces and connect them right away. Yeah. They make significant progress in only the first 48 hours, too. And this is pre-internet. everyone's an idiot. Mm-hmm. It's, it, that is evident with each passing page of the book. You're, the, the weirdest part was all the sources, and not informants, but because they're not talking to the cops, maybe they're talking to the cops, but like how they would answer questions but never answer anything directly, like that was different. Like, would you say he didn't do this? Like, I wouldn't say he did not do that. Like, that yeah. still counts. Mm-hmm. What the fuck are you talking about? Would you say he paid? How about I'll tell you what happened, and if it's okay, just don't respond. Right? That was well, that one, was the, that was one, one, that was the, the one time they got, got fucked up. Yeah, they totally got fucked up by that. But that's because the, the kind of thing they were, were doing. Too complicated. That's the kind of thing they were doing to get that. That actually really is what happened. But anyway, this kind of thing they had to do. The reporters had to do to get people it to was, confirm it some was of these details. So weird how like they think that that doesn't count as talking. It's like, would you say that he paid fifty thousand? I would say it was more than that. Was it seventy five thousand? I would say it was within five thousand of that. Seventy or eighty. I would say it was one of those. It's like, just fucking say. What yeah, are you holding back? Yeah, if you're, you're going con- to... <laughs> That's just, plausible deniability. 20 questions. Interrogation. I, I didn't tell them those things. I did not tell them on, the, on those things. <laughs> those on things. It's super weird. Yeah. Every, yeah. every fucking one of them did it. So let, let's just, before we get too much into that, let's talk about more about where Watergate led just for a minute. Not, not every detail. So anyway, the burglars were connected, were within a day or two were already found out not just who they were, but who they worked for, which was a, an arm of the committee to reelect the president creep. of, of called creep. And also for the Republican party, they were security people for the Republican party, security consultants or something. And then because by saying I used to work for the CIA, it totally threw everybody off the set. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm, that worked. Um, so the burglars are clearly shown, uh, who they, uh, who they work for. And then... Well, the next chapter is then they're like, I need to find this Dahlberg guy. And there's like a oh, million pages. He's, of, he's the guy that wrote the check that ended up being yeah, deposited they paid directly to these guys. secret guys and personal checks. In the house that Jack built. <laughs> yeah. 
this is the day, but these are the days before electronic banking records. But so. this is their, their money laundering. I'll just write you a personal check. Oh, no they, one will ever track and that. And they would, they would go to Mexico and then cash it and then bring the money back. Like, what is this called? Like, they call it money laundering. Like it was like a new thing. <laughs> <laughs> Clean bills just didn't really work. Trying money laundering. They tried so, that, but they still knew. Uh, there was, you know, uh, clearly they uncovered a secret, secret campaign fund specifically for what's going to turn out to be really dirty tricks and for um, really like spying um, that these guys were being paid out of. And then they're all, you know, had to go to jail. And, you know, when in their trial, it was they were going to all have to take do a couple of years. But then the judge didn't believe them. Like literally the judge said, this makes no sense. Why would you guys do this? Your explanation, which was... Oh, weird, because a couple, couple of them were Cubans. They're like, oh, we were just making sure. Were, like, three or four of them were Cubans. Like three out of the four were Cubans. And that the, their explanation that they were trying to figure out if the Democrats were going to do something about Cuba. or that, that, And the judge said, I don't buy it. And ended up giving them really harsh sentences. And then one of them wrote a letter to the judge saying that there has been a cover-up. And, that was, and that's partly how it came out in the courts. But something strange about that, people lie to judges all the goddamn time. And this like, was a different time. But is it, the judge is able to just say, I don't like your... your the, the judges have full discretion in sentencing. They can do whatever they want. Well, it depends on if it, unless it's a crime that has a mandatory sentencing. It's a mandatory minimum, but they can do whatever they want. Is that always the case? Yeah, I think so. I mean... Is that a federal versus state thing? I'm really I don't sure. know. All right, so the judge is a dick to the Cubanos, and he's like, I don't believe your story. And then the courts now are like, wait a second, there's something interesting afoot here. Yep. Anyway, and so during this time, like the White House, uh, uh, the press briefer guy, whatever his name is, um, Ziegler, uh, Ron Ziegler, something like that, he's going out and on, uh, he, this is like two days after the break-in or three days, and he gets a question about, did the president know anything about this? And he says, no, of course not. This was a third-rate burglary. I mean, That's all right it was. That. I'm not, well, <laughs> that's that's true. Little third-rate things. <laughs> There is absolutely no one here in the White House who had any knowledge or planning or anything to do with this situation. Because all the people who did are at lunch right now. (laughs) (laughs) They're not in the White House. That's the level of, like, doublespeak that they had throughout the whole book. Yeah. For sure. It's like every time they have a denial, they're like, he didn't actually deny anything. And the Washington Post, Woodward and Bernstein, are printing, are, are writing more stories with bringing out more evidence every couple of days or every couple of weeks, but also other newspapers too. The New York Times is doing it. Um, a couple of other people are doing it. And they're coming out with like really pretty bad evidence all the time. But their editor is kind of a dick and he's always like, that's not strong enough evidence. Well, they also don't want to get sued for printing fake shit. Right. You, you have to, you have to be... Term fake news was a thing. That's true. Although another comparison with today is that Nixon in himself in a press conference called it a witch hunt. He himself called this whole investigation into Watergate a witch hunt. And all his people kept talking about how the press was making shit up and they were lying. They're out to get him. And that they're liberals who are out to destroy. Dirty, like, East Coast elites. Yep. They definitely said all of those things. (laughs) Some of them might have been true. Oh, yeah. They might have been East Coast elites out to get the president, but they were right. And they were not out to get the president the whole time. No, in this case, they were definitely not. They were like, the president would never do that. And even when they finally got real close at the end, he's like... He's talking about how he, he didn't want to, like, he felt like in awe of being near the Oval Office, just talking to that guy in a closet nearby. And he's like, oh, well, you know, I just want to get these bad guys, but, you know, the president would never do this. The president is different. Well, they won't have old dick to kick around anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, well, sounds he, terrible. They see, <laughs> <laughs> well, that is a famous Nixon quote, but it's not from Watergate. Is it that really? was actually from That's when he resigned, before. isn't it? Oh, that's early. That's nope. when he like, didn't get the nomination in the nope, 50s? No, that's when he lost his campaign for governor of California in 62 or senator from California in 62. He went on a... Because he, he lost the, the presidential in campaign 60. in 1960, and then he lost another campaign in 62, in, or a state race in California. And in his he lost concession speech, in his concession speech, he said, oh, you're not going to have Nixon to kick around anymore. That's my Nixon impression. I right think there. it's much funny if he said "old dick." I'm gonna have "old dick" to kick around anymore. <laughs> he, he did. He might have said that actually. Yeah. He, 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 right. he definitely referred to himself that way a lot. Tricky dick and all that. I think other people called him. There that. was campaign buttons. I saw. I love you. Dick. Can't you can't lick our dick or Get something? The fuck out of here! <laughs> no, you can't. You can't lick our dick. You can lick our dick. And then later on for Bush, it was the other ones. It was like lick Bush. <laughs> 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 These are real things. Get out of here! I swear to God. I swear to God. <laughs> You can't Google it because other things come up, but <laughs> <laughs> right. But that back in the day, you know, in the fifties and sixties, like lick him and then you beat him up, or you like you beat him. Yeah, yeah. So well, you aware. can't lick our dick was a perfectly <laughs> reasonable <laughs> phrase to say. Still called it a dick back then too. Like that was not an. It's not a new word. That's not yeah, like the bomb no. that was just. Yeah, invented. but I feel like it maybe it must have not have been as common because why would anyone choose to go by that? I don't know that reason, but I can't imagine. Everybody was like, what's, what's wrong with this? You can't lick our dick. That's totally, totally normal. I feel like maybe, Brilliant. maybe the people coming up with Print them. Print a thousand of them. Maybe the people that were coming up with them were older, and the younger people were calling, them, calling wieners dicks, <laughs> and they didn't catch on. <laughs> okay, I think we need another beer. I don't know who, I, who brought this. I did. And it is called Smack Dab India Pale Lager. Apple. By, by the Barrier Brewing Company. 6.9% alcohol. I picked IPL. it. I picked it because they're smack dab in the middle of this investigation. That is unassailably true, since they kind of do the investigation. Yeah, they're smack dab. Also, a picture of an intense-looking macho man kind of guy on it. Oh, oh, like Nate, macho man. <laughs> That's exactly what I look like. Yeah. <laughs> For listeners is, at home who can't tell by my by my deep voice, it looks exactly, That's exactly like what macho I look man. like. Yeah. yeah, he, he doesn't wear sunglasses inside, but he, they're one hundred percent the same. Sometimes when you hear ruffling in the recording, it's Nate's manly beard brushing against the microphone. <laughs> And his chest pubes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, so uh, what do you think of this? It's definitely different than India Pale Ale, I think. It's kind of hard to tell, honestly. I think India Pale Lager is just code word for not shitty lager. Because most lagers tend to blow. Tastes like beer. It's hot. I think it's, it's like, a, like a light I, beer. I didn't read the story on there, but I bet it's dry hopped. Um, it's smack dab. And wait, he's on the top rope. He had been hanging in the butt. Nothing to do with beer. This is just about wrestling. It's a flying hop drop. So maybe that. Yeah, that's all it says. It's just a story about wrestling. Oh. Well, I would still The imagine. resin is glistening. Grains are pumping through his veins. Not to mention, above all, this mad dog smells fantastic. Here we go. And oh, it's a flying hop drop. I see. There's a whole bunch of crap on there. We've got a lot of barrier brews. I say they're pretty much always good, but nothing remarkably good. Over, you know, all this time, I, I don't remember. I don't remember any of them. I just know because I see them at the store near me, and they're expensive. It's like 20 bucks for a four-pack usually, and mm, yeah. it's, uh, I mean, actually, that's not terribly expensive. Five bucks for a beer. If you paid that at a bar, that's a good deal, right? I guess it's all relative, but. Yeah, at a bar. True. But when you're buying cans to drink in your underwear on your porch. All right, so I totally lost track of what we were talking about in the book. Uh, um, I just want to say one more thing about the book. The book kind of ends long before Watergate is resolved. So, because really, they're, they're kind of the, the actual reporter's job. Is it, is it job. long before? Well, they really, they, they go practically day by day talking about their own investigations, but that ends in the middle of 1973. 
Nixon doesn't resign till the middle of 1974. But at the end of the book, they, his his chief of staff and his all, all of his his top guys all resign or are fired. He he kept no, going for another year. I don't, I don't know, know that really something did. massacre. Or something he really did. So oh, um, it ends with the Saturday Night Massacre. Yeah. Right, so that is when um, Nixon tried to fire the special prosecutor, and did he did fire the special prosecutor? Um, but there was such a backlash to the president the is technically allowed to do that. Right? Yep, it's he, just like a he really fires move. he fires his attorney general who refused. No. Oh, is it? Is uh, it they change it now. The, the attorney general whose name uh, I had it, but I forget. Anyway, the attorney general decided to resign rather than carry out Nixon's order. He yeah. said, "I cannot do that. I have to resign." Elliot yeah. Richardson was his name. And he had only been attorney general for like six months because the previous eternal, uh, attorney general the eternal was, general. <laughs> e, um, attorney general was uh, John Mitchell, who ended up, be, who was Nixon's, um, who was, after he finished being attorney general, was Nixon's campaign manager and actually was heavily involved in Watergate. And John Mitchell shit. ended up going to jail because of Watergate. A and lot of them did. think Nixon could have pardoned them suckers, right? But he didn't. Anyway, so Dick. Uh, Elliot Richardson, <laughs> attorney general, says, I have to resign. I cannot do it. I, I cannot fire him. The deputy attorney general, who's next in line, also resigned. I forget his name. And then, they, and then the third in line to Justice Department, who is the solicitor general, his name was Robert Bork, and he's going to be a really important player in the 80s. But anyway, uh, with having to do the Supreme Court, Bork says, brother. I'll do it. I'll do it. And then uh, Robert Bork fires... Archibald Cox, the, uh, that's really his name, his <laughs> Archie the, Cox. Uh, special prosecutor. The but Cox was coming over, after the dick? He's got an arch in his cock. <laughs> the Cox was coming after the dick. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well put. Uh, but the backlash, but the sort of political backlash from Nixon firing the attorney general, because the attorney general was trying to get the tapes. Um, we should I talk think, about I that, think too. We should, I, all right, I'm going to be quiet, and, and Jimmy will, too. Can you just explain the rest of the thing really quickly? Like, from the like, what is the controversy? Because if we don't talk about that first, you mean with the tapes? Like with everything. The whole why, thing? why does it, how do, what is the unraveling? And so, then we could actually talk about it because a, I'm sure, like, I fucking still don't understand it. I read this fucking book and the Wikipedia article, and I'm sure other people have too. There's a special prosecutor. He's investigating. There's also the Senate uh, intelligence. There's a Senate committee. There's a special Watergate intel, uh, committee that's be, that's investigating. And then there are Republican members. There are Democratic members. They're all doing these investigations, and it comes out after really months and months and months of trying to find evidence that there is a White House audio recording system, that there also there's a taping system. What were, what they were investigating like, in, this, like the secret money at first. They were investigating the money. They were also trying to investigate what does the president know, what did the president know, and when did he know it? Like those are going to be really, really important facts that are going on here. And But... They couldn't get a lot of evidence, although White House counsel John Dean did decide to testify, but they couldn't, but it was just his word against Nixon's, and Nixon was saying, he's a complete liar, he's just trying to save his own behind, and then it comes out that there were, that there were tapes, that Nixon had an audio recording system installed back in 1971, and that this is recorded, everything. literally everything said in the Oval Office starting in 1971. So this is going so, and John Dean didn't even know about this. This was very, very secret. Every lawyer's nightmare. But every anyway. fucking president had been doing this. Uh, so had FDR they? started it. Yeah. FDR started it. Uh, uh, Kennedy had done it, and so had Johnson. 
for sure. Because those dicks and cocks, <laughs> right? And Johnsons. Anyway, so Johnson. Have you listened to Johnsons? I have, but They're those hysterical. were those were also secret. People didn't even know about those until after it came out that Nixon had done it too. So that though people really didn't know. And the quality of them, by the way, is horrendous. Really, really bad. Well, it was it was the sixties. Well, they I, also I, used really poor quality equipment because it was cheaper. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> The Nixon, the the Johnson ones are hysterical. Somebody has big dick all the time. Well, oh yeah, and ordering his, pants. And the pants, the pants, the pants he needs the pants. Hilarious. He needs the pants let out because his dick is too big to hold in regular pants. Well, he's, no, he's I need you to put an extra inch where your nuts hang. <laughs> oh, he's like, an extra need... inch from my bunghole. <laughs> he actually said that. Bunghole. He's like he has a, he has a permanent his... prolapse. <laughs> he's he's butthead grandfather. He's like my bunghole. Who else says bunghole? And then he's like burping in the middle. Yeah, my bunghole needs more space, dude. And this is him you're on the, the command, phone. You're the leader of the free world. Ordering pants. <laughs> like you'd think he can get someone to come into him to take his measurement for the pants. Like, like did he actually take a, me- a measuring tape? And like, I need to get. I think I need about. He probably just knew his size. I reckon one extra inch of bunghole <laughs> will do me good. He had a spacious badonkadonk. And then he'd flip his dick out at people. <laughs> that he also did. But we're not going to talk about Johnson right now. We're talking about dick. <laughs> we're going to talk about dick. That's right. Uh, <laughs> So anyway, it comes out in testimony, a White House aide named Andrew Butterfield uh, testifies to the, on, on live TV to the Senate Watergate Committee that there is a White House taping system. Immediately, those are subpoenaable material, or at least those are going to corroborate either, either they're going to either corroborate what John Dean said, or they're going to prove him wrong. They're going to prove him a liar. And the special prosecutor decides to subpoena them that, um, because, uh, anyway, Richard Nixon fired the special prosecutor because the special prosecutor was trying to subpoena the tapes. When, and he did. He went uh, and he Which is and, the number one fired. shady thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> Showing, like, <laughs> refusing to release this thing that could totally exonerate you, but refusing to let people hear it, that is just so suspicious. Well, it turned out he was just ranting about the Jews all the time. Anyway, Nixon still refuses. It goes, it goes all the way. He actually really did rant about Jews kind of a lot. A lot. Nixon totally did that. He was always talking about like how Jews the Jews comics. were out to get him, and he's got those three Jews, but they're the good ones, and the rest are just shifty. I'm just like, oh my god, dude! <laughs> it goes all the way to the Supreme Court about whether the Justice Department can actually subpoena something like that, and the Supreme Court decides eight to zero. Yes, yes, you can. There's no reason you can't. <laughs> and literally the next day, or it's the next day, or within two days, and the tapes, the, all the tapes get sent over. And there's clearly a rec- many damning recordings, but there's one recording where Nixon is clearly telling, he's clearly telling, uh, I think it's John Dean, but a different a person in the White House, to tell the CIA, to tell the FBI, oh, stop looking into that Watergate thing. That's one of our, that's one of our, uh, one of our things. So this is national security. Don't bother looking into it. Everything's fine. Because that's, because sometimes the, F- the CIA would do that. They would tell the FBI, oh, that's one of our things. You don't need to investigate that. That's like a jurisdictional kind of thing. And that is, and that well, is. Well, they're Nixon. saying don't investigate it because it's us being shady, oh, but it's not so. criminals. We're doing stuff. So that is uh, Nixon using clearly participating in the cover up. And there's a bunch of recordings of him talking about the money for the payoffs. Yeah, that too. It's like make sure you give him the money. The money, one, you know, one for of the which is payoffs. somebody tells him <laughs> it's going to cost. But don't tell him I said it. <laughs> somebody, somebody says, no, it's John Dean says it's going to cost cost a million dollars to pay off the, the Watergate burglars so that they don't talk, so that they do or do their two or three years in jail and they get out, but they don't talk. It'll cost that much money for them. Anyway, Nixon says, 
oh, that's fine. I can get that money in cash, no problem. <laughs> he really says These that. are all the worst criminals. And that comes out literally within days, he resigns. I think because it was like four days. It, because everyone... That's pretty hard to get back from. And literally, the, the uh, House, uh, House Judiciary Committee had already approved articles of impeachment. They hadn't officially been impeached yet, though, because that has to be a vote of the full House. Senators, including... Uh, Barry Goldwater and a couple of other really prominent Republican senators go to the White House and tell him it's over. You have to resign now. And so he does. You're going down on the dick. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, which leads us to our next beer. This is called Devils in the Details. I'm trying staring at the bottle. There's really not a lot of information on here. I'm very, There's no details? Yeah, I, I, it, ironically, <laughs> there are no details. I couldn't figure out what kind of beer it was either. That's what it says. It's a... Uh, May 2018, ale fermented in barrels, 7% alcohol. It is by the Interborough Spirits and Ales Company. <laughs> Interborough? Interborough. Is it from New York? <clears throat> I think it's Brooklyn and Queens are the two boroughs. Is it like, is Interborough a company or maybe Brooklyn and Queens boroughs? No, it is a thing, I'm pretty sure. Interborough is its own thing. Yeah, they're, they're in Ridgewood, or like half in Queens, half in Brooklyn. That would make sense. I bet this is a funky or sour beer. That, that is not what I was expecting. That's dark. Oh, God. <laughs> yes. There's also Ooh. something interesting on the back end of that. There is something kind of sweet yeah, like, and creamy. Do you get paid? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm in full I, agreement with you. When I I'm actually, making a really, joke. I really like this. There's some intensely uh, cloudy, it's like a butterscotch. Hmm, maybe like a yeah. Werther's original. <laughs> That's not what I'm getting. But <laughs> at, the, at the very, very end, this is an interesting beer. It is upfront. Holy shit! Pungent funk. It's hard for me to kind of focus on what that other flavor is because it's so tart and sour up front. I really can't. The tartness only lasts for like half a second. It's it's like a kick, and then it goes away, and then it, it nestles you. What we should do? We should go cheat and look online at like beer review websites what and just this? repeat the things we read. <laughs> Hints of cardamom and and chardonnay barrel. I don't know what a cardamom is. Uh, it's a spice, I believe. I mean, it's a spice, but I don't know what the fuck it tastes. It's the kind like. of shit you like sail across the Pacific for. That's because British food sucks. <laughs> so this beer is weird. I I I like it. I do like it. I do like it. You know what? I'm going to have some more. Yeah. You do that. There's only one way to know. You do you. Let your freak flag fly. We don't have three more to drink. That's fine. Do we? Three more? Just, yeah, for that. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Okay. But there are two of them are total not big deal beers, and one is going to be an interesting one. Okay. Can, we, can you finish with the... I mean, can I just say one thing, hearing the, this whole story, reading it, and talking about it now? If you still believe that the government is capable of any sort of conspiracy, you should read this book. Yeah. Like, how could they fake 9-11 and they can't break into a fucking apartment? Yeah, for sure. Like, Every, what I've read about conspiracies is they can't be true because you can't rely on that many people to, to, to keep, keep a secret. secret. Yeah. To not fuck up, to not just be incompetent at some point. Yeah. People just are going to fuck up. <clears throat> just look at the way Woodward and Bernstein were getting a lot of their tips. Literally, they found out who works for the Republican, for the, you know, who are the like, secretaries. Yeah, it wasn't Knocking that hard. on their doors. And, yeah. and most of the, and at least some of the people when they knocked on the doors, they were like, I'm really scared to talk to you, but I have to tell you what happened. Because I'm so upset about it. And it was really not that hard. It's like, you know, the, the phrase, two people can keep a secret if one of them is dead? I believe it's three if two are dead, is what Ben Franklin said. All right, well, there so you go. Anyway. In poor Dick's almanac. There you go. That's because Ben Franklin killed it's a lot up. of people. <laughs> yeah, right. But you're making them hold a kite in an electrical storm. <laughs> Do you know that son that he flew that kite with was like 40 years old at the time? Oh. Was born from a whore. Yeah, I believe that. Like Ben Franklin had that kid with a hooker. No kidding. Yeah. That kid. That, the first the kite kid. The kite yeah. one. Let me back up. Watergate really was a conspiracy, though. Sure. That's the thing. Now, totally. And so, yeah, but Water, it fell apart immediately. Watergate actually spawned a lot of conspiracy theories and of conspiracy thinking. 
One reason was because the wife of Howard Hunt, who's one of the burglars, no, the one in charge of the burglars, his wife died in a plane crash like six months later. Oh, yeah. And she was carrying $10,000 in cash at the time, which was a, a lot more money back then. And there were all of these conspiracy theories about she was silenced in order to, you know, protect the, protect the president. Anyway, there was a lot of conspiracies about Watergate, for sure. I mean, this definitely, like, legitimized some people's insane beliefs. Like, oh, I was right about all that other stuff. The earth is flat. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. <laughs> Endorsing that nonsense. He's just asking questions. The earth could be flat. Yeah, his podcast has almost as many listeners as ours. Yeah. Almost. Almost. Almost, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you count our lifetime amount of downloads and his for the last 40 minutes, <laughs> it's almost <laughs> the same amount. Yeah. But none of ours are flat earthers because ours can read. It's true. That is a fair point. Yeah, so I think people look at this sort of thing and they're like, I guess it depends on your, your natural kind of position on things, if you are inclined to believe in conspiracy theories or not. Because if you are, you're going to look at this and say, look, the government was trying to hide something. Just think of all the things they got away with. And if you're... There must be aliens in yeah, Area 51. The problem is that actual conspiracies are way more boring than the, the theory ones. Well, this is the, they broke into a, a hotel residence thing to steal information about the campaign. Yeah. And bug the phones. And bug the phones. Which also, like, you know, when you watch a movie like Enemy of the State or something like that, where, like, the government can just watch anything you're doing at any time. Well, it was the 70s. But they still, they, like... They didn't really have spy satellites yet. And I understand that, but, like... Actually, they kind of did. I mean, they were, like... Just they weren't very good. Yeah. They were just pointed at all of Russia. Yeah. But they can't bug a fucking hotel room's phone in 1971, or 74, rather? Two. Two. Whatever the fuck year it is. I don't know. Drinking through time. <laughs> they can't do that, but, they fucking Hitler could still be alive on an island somewhere, creating a Nazi in, army of in, clones. In Argentina? Right. With, with yeah. Tupac. With Tupac. And Elvis. <laughs> yes. And Houdini. Like, they could all be there Houdini somewhere. Houdini, too. I mean, he was alive a long time ago. He must be dead anyway. <laughs> His greatest disappearing act. I'm glad that's the logic you're bringing to this. <laughs> yeah. No, but, like, but that's like, like, people look at this and they go, see, what else are they, what are they really hiding? Or then even some nutbags are going to say that they're going to, like, go deep inception level and say, this was the thing they let happen. This was to, a false to flag operation. from the, the much deeper conspiracy that involved... The Lu- reptilians. Yes, and the lyrics to Louie Louie and whatever <laughs> other nonsense is out there. The secret code in the lyrics to Louie Louie. Dude, feds listen to that song and we're like, I think there's curses in here. And people... Because tr- you don't understand what he's saying. He sounds yeah. like us at the end of the day. Mm. And he's like... And they're like, oh, I think he said... I think he said something about finger banging. Uh, that's like, <laughs> yep. I think he just said in the butt. And they, fucking G-Man got paid to try to decipher the lyrics to Louie Louie in the 60s. It was back in the day, you know. Gotta worry about the Reds. And there was no sound hound where they can just look it up. Oh, lyricsfreak.com. That was another thing I thought about through this whole book. I was like, man, the internet is way better than the not internet. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the not internet. Like, the time before. When like, so I, like, I, I tried to, to try to understand this book better. I watched part of the movie, which I realized actually was making it worse for me because they condensed so much of it. Um, but... They're, they're, I forget which one, who plays who in the movie, but one of them is in the office and he's making phone calls and going through phone books looking for Dahlberg's name in phone books from across the country. Yep, they're looking in this county's phone book and this county's phone book and, and, the that other county, guy, and they find it. The other guy is like hoofing it on the street, tracking down his sources and then calling the office from a payphone. And they're like, hold on, let me write that down. Oh, wait, someone's calling on the other line. They oh. use the phrase double ply paper. In this, so many times. I wipe with double ply paper usually. Yeah, that's the only way. <laughs> Do you know there's a triple ply? 
for, for butts a, or for tennis? For butts. It's like basically a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> How That must clog all the time. Why would anyone need that? I mean, it's luxurious. But do you want to wipe your ass with velvet? I mean, I guess, yeah. But I mean, that would definitely clog every time. It's felt. It's it's felt toilet paper. Mark felt? Speaking of felt, yeah. Yeah. We should have some beer first. We should. We so I brought this one. Uh, I brought it. I bought it before I read the book. But knowing where this conversation is ultimately going to go, here we are. I figured this would work. And plus, I had it from when we roasted a pig that Jimmy didn't get to go to. God damn it. Uh, this is Budweiser's new thing this year. It's called Freedom oh, Reserve. It's new. Yeah, it's a, it's a new product. Freedom Reserve Red Lager. Which I've got, I got, I got, <laughs> because, uh, you know, freedom. freedom freedom and shit, and uh, they tried to reserve it, Are they a but Dutch not company really. now? InBev, yeah. I think they're Dutch or Belgian or something. I don't know where they're from. So is this Budweiser's attempt to make, like, better beer? Well, or beer? is it disguised as better beer? It is. Well, let's taste it and see. I mean, we're totally going to have a... It's bias it actually going smells in. nice. I must say, I've definitely had things that are allegedly craft beer that were this quality of taste. I'm I'm okay with this. I, it's, it's a little a little watery, just a just yeah. a hair. You know what it tastes like to me? Pears. Hmm. I'm not joking. Well, Michael, really Michael, you can't like weigh in on this. You you have no idea. I'll have to reserve freedom reserve my judgment then. I, I don't taste pears at all. It's I sweet. Really do got a sweet flavor? There's like no real maybe, discernible hot flavor. Maybe kind of in the aftertaste. Kind of. I, I, I see where you're coming from. But this is, uh, I would say, about 10 billion times better than regular Budweiser. A trillion. Yeah, a trillion. A hundred, well, hundred trillion. Because when you billion. multiply by zero, it still doesn't matter how many times. So the story here is that Budweiser and Coors and all the other companies are trying to steal some of the craft beer market, which or reclaim the craft beer market. You know, people who used to just buy those shitty beers, more, you know, either they died or they started drinking craft beer. And they're making things that look like a craft beer they on the shelf. Branched out to Blue Moon. Oh, I think Blue Moon is owned by Coors or somebody. Yeah, but was it originally a craft beer and it was just bought? I don't know Blue Moon's but story. To, to those people, that's a fancy gay beer. Yes. Well, you know, there's a lawsuit with uh, Stone. They're suing Keystone, which is right garbage beer. Yeah, that's that's the almost natty light beer. It's yeah, and he's mega breweries <laughs> are trying to make these crafty kind of products. So like, oh look, here's our here's our IPA, or here's our red ale, or here's our stout. So people go, oh look, now they're making a craft beer and they'll buy it. Honestly, sometimes they're not bad. This isn't terrible. No, it's it's no. totally fine. This is a fine beer to have when you're barbecuing. I mean, it's definitely better than everything else Only they pig. made. Is, is is this half rice? It has to be maximum forty nine percent. Is this forty nine? Is this forty eight percent rice? That's what makes it better. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, it's red. Okay, so what can we learn? About the current situation with Trump, the Russia investigation, and Mueller, uh, after reading All the President's Men. Well, if you go by this book, when they figured their shit out in a matter of months with no internet, then they should have figured some shit out about Trump a lot faster. I, I, I knew you were going to say that, but I also feel like this was, it took them well over a year to do this, and this was a simple burglary and one slush fund of money. But then they, like, followed the money, and then they went yeah. to all these different things. Yeah, but that was the reporters. The Justice Department did their own thing. Which it took them <clears throat> the justice, less time. The Justice Department investigation still took a full two years. And, and it's not that they were necessarily done And they with kept everything. talking about how they ignored most of it. Yeah, that at first, the um, first trial of the burglars was clearly ignoring some really big... Pieces, which is like, 
who the fuck was paying them. And they the, weren't even bothering to look yeah, at that. Yeah, Deep Throat kept talking about how like they did this thing and they ignored anything that didn't apply to this. They had all this information, but they're not going anywhere with it. And he exactly. was pissed off about that. Because they have like a narrative that they're trying yeah, to... Yeah, they, they have this case and the other stuff is cool, but fuck it, we don't need about that. They weren't searching for things, I guess. I don't fucking know. So what would you suggest we can learn then? I would say that it takes a long time to get anything done. All right. I'm not going to deny that. Yeah. I would also say, just like today... The Democrats were fucking idiots because oh, yeah, it was an election year. And when, the, when there were major things and coming about... election Nixon won uh, by were, a lot. There were major things coming out about Nixon well, and the stuff he was Eagleton doing. Eagleton guy or something? What was uh, his name? This, is, this was the vice presidential uh, nominee. What was his name? Eagleton. Yeah. Eagleton, yeah. That was like a big part of it. Is that because he had gone through electroshock therapy? People yep. were like, you can't trust him. He's and, nuts. And yeah. that was leaked by the Nixon campaign. The Nixon campaign found out about it and leaked it. Yep. But, oh, and that is not even close to the worst thing they Nowadays, they would call that oppositional research. They did. Although, the, the Nixon what, campaign was, the, was also doing way worse the Nixon things campaign than doing the, uh, opposition the fake, research. The fake, the Canuck letter, they the called Canuck it. The Canuck letter. Where they said that uh, McGovern or Muskie, one of them. So, all right. Let's, the, here's what happened. It, Nixon thought the, his main competition was going to be Maine Senator Edwin Muskie. And now, uh, this you know was... That household name. Yeah. Well, he isn't anymore, obviously. Because of this. Huh. It was because of this that he lost. So here's what happened. A, per, a person in the um, Nixon campaign, who later we find out his name. I just can't remember it off the Clawson. top of my head. Clausen? Ken Clausen? Ken Clausen? Clausen? Yeah. yeah, I think you're right. Anyway, he wrote two days a ago. fake letter that was published in the New Hampshire Manchester Union Leader the week before the New Hampshire primary. That's a really key part. And this letter was, looked like it was from someone in Florida saying, when, uh, when Senator Muskie was down here, this is what he said to, to us or to a crowd. And he said, oh, well, up in Maine, we don't have any N-words, but we do have Canucks, meaning Canadian, French Canadians, and they're almost as bad. And this was in the letter, and the, and the Manchester and Union leader it. published this, and they bought it, and, and Muskie was extremely upset that this happened because obviously he didn't say those things. And um, he cried. And later, after the primary, you know, before the primary, this is like within days, he, he went on a, uh, a press Back briefing. Back of a truck. Press briefing, where he was uh, to address it, and he cried. And everyone thought he was a big pussy. <laughs> and then they didn't vote for him, and then he didn't get the nomination. That is exactly it. Which, nowadays, if you talked about Canucks, no one gives a shit. I mean, I thought that was... Maybe, yeah, maybe Mal, I just don't Mal, aren't they a Canadian. hockey team? Yeah. Anyway, that is one of the things that, that so the they, Nixon campaign they was doing. They legitimately faked something. Yep. They made, I mean, which people do nowadays, but like the campaigns themselves might not do, theoretically. But there's all kinds of fake shit. But this was something they, leg- like, this was the Watergate thing where everyone thinks, oh, about the burglary, but it led to this investigation, which led to, so the same, holy shit, they did a whole lot of shit for like years. Yep. Really bad stuff. Yep, and they did it in the 68 campaign too, but the, most of the stuff that cap, came out in this book was in the 72 campaign. But anyway, my point is, all this crazy stuff was coming out about Watergate before the election, because the break-in was in June, and it was a story in the papers from June all the way through November, and Nixon still won by it. Astronomical 61%. 61% of the vote. Which doesn't seem astronomical when you say it out loud, but compared to other elections, it's huge. Even the huge... When was the last time someone... I mean, Reagan No one, no one breaks beat, 60. Reagan, Reagan... Well, he won like 49 states. He won 49 he states, won but he still probably only got around 60% of the vote. You know, That's crazy. 
And so that was a huge landslide that, and, and so the Democrats couldn't even capitalize on this thing that would, in a year and a half, completely take down the president. They're still and they have to resign weak. in disgrace. Oh, so I guess what you're saying is both political parties are full of fucking idiots. For yes, different, way, different reasons. Totally. I'm not, I'm <laughs> different not, different kinds of types idiots, of idiots. One side is weak and one side is evil. I mean, I think that that might be a bit of an oversimplification. It's definitely an oversimplification, but there's some truth to if it. If you're going to like dilute it down to the most basic thing, one side is weak and the other side will do anything to win. Well, I think and, that, they, and then it works. I think that might have changed in some degrees today because... I think they haven't changed at all. The Republicans nowadays are some weak, spineless motherfuckers. Oh, well, they're weak because they don't stand up for what they believe in, but they stand up for their side and will do anything to continue winning. That's that right there, this, you're, what you're referring to, is a key difference, though, between... Yeah, well, a difference. somewhat of a difference between 1973-74 and what's going on now, which is even in, in the days of Watergate, even though there was really intense partisanship, there were some Republicans like today. leading Republicans in the Senate and in the House, which were perfectly willing to investigate this. That they were like, this is really it's a crazy thing. Looking into. They probably also didn't believe Nixon himself had anything to do with it. They were probably like, we're still going to get to the bottom of this because this is crazy. And, and so in the end, in the end, they did say, dude, you are fucking out. Yeah. And I, I don't think that will ever happen today. Because what he did was unprecedented. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> Pre- president? No, I, I see where it. I'm going with this. Yeah, I, I, I get the pun. That's, that's the joke title for every uh, joke Donald Trump biography now. Is he unpresid- Un- unprecedented. Well, that's because that's what every person who hates Trump hopes he will be unpresidented. Well, like I mean, he will it, be was, it was like sooner rather than this, later. Yeah. So parallels between this and the current day, what are they? Besides the fact that investigations take a really long time, that Democrats are not good at capitalizing on it, that there is intense partisan... There was, so Watergate, was, there was intense partisanship between Republicans and Democrats. Like, literally, just because the investigation was going on was making a lot of Republicans very, very partisan and very, like, supporting the president almost no matter what was going on. Like, they tribalism. couldn't... They, it was totally tribalism. Uh, lots of people, lot, regular people and, some, and members of, that, of Congress just could not believe that any of it was true. They just refuse to believe this can't be real. This is the, you know, liberal, the liberal East elites, elites. East, yeah. East Coast, East, East Coast, the Jews elites. papers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Trying to, <laughs> no, Christ. like literally they would have said that. Um, back then. Back then. Yeah. I, I On tape by the president. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, and greatest hits. <laughs> and people just refused to believe it. And it wasn't until a couple of major events like Nixon refusing to release the tapes that could have exonerated him. That was very, very bad. And when the tapes came out, clearly showing even what we call the smoking gun of he definitely was in on the cover-up, despite in clearly a major player in the cover-up, directing the cover-up after denying it for an entire year. For two years. What about the, like, 17 minutes of tape or whatever? What was that about? You have to wonder, like, what did he delete? Because he left all that other shit. This is where conspiracy theory fills the void, right? That's talking about Area 51. The the official story... Is that the secretary who was had to take it down, who had to like you know do the transcription, like accidentally the wrong button. hit hit the wrong button or something like that? Is the official story? But really, with all the stuff that was left on the tapes, what could possibly did they erase? Yeah, I really don't uh, understand that. Like, you really should have just deleted the whole thing. Just throw them right in the, it's in the garbage. It's insane. But them. they kept them. 
It doesn't yeah, make totally any sense. sense. So what end? Like, what are they good for? I, you don't, your I pants don't know. Yeah. I, believe it or not, there are some reasons that have been stated for why, for why the recordings were made. One was because presidents are really conscious of how they're going to be treated by historians. And they really think that they can get their side of the story out by having actual recordings mm. of what was going like on. Makes it sense. was the very first white uh, Oval Office recording system was installed by FDR after there was, uh, he had an interview with a reporter in the Oval Office. And then when the story came out the next day, he thought the reporter represented him wrong or what he said wrong. And so he wanted, he, in the, for the future, wanted a reference of what he actually said so he could come out later and say, no, you got that wrong. You lied. That's fake news. No way. That FDR makes didn't say perfect that, sense. That was his, the uh, first rationale. It just doesn't make sense that that makes sense. But he's on the tapes talking about how he did all the cover-up stuff and how he paid off everybody. You know, like he you, knows you, they're being recorded. He's one of the few who does. knew, yeah. <laughs> Why would he? It's maybe, so stupid. Maybe he winked every time he said it, and that just didn't get captured. He had his I forgot he had his fingers see my face. He had his fingers crossed all the time. None of this counts. Just kidding, Spiro. Like, what, what happened? Like, how did, how did he forget that? I don't... It's no really... Idea. I think it's just everyone was dumb. I, I, it goes back to what I said before. Or Nixon... Government is incapable of any th- conspiracy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or Nixon just thought that it would never come out, that it would just remain secret. The way it had, it still remained secret because Johnson yeah, had done his own recorded everything. So but Kennedy, I feel like he had a few months of lead in where it's like, maybe they should, you know, not find out about these tapes because things are getting pretty close to me. Well, let's have this beer. He was also caught recorded. He was caught on recording. These are the White House tapes recording, literally offering to pardon one of his key people. I think it was his personal lawyer, actually. His oh, personal, yeah. personal lawyer named? Kaldeman? Kaldeman? Haldeman was the chief of staff. Haldeman was the chief of staff, yeah. His personal lawyer was, I can't remember. So with a K, I think. Oh, my head. Kambach. Herb Kambach was the president's personal lawyer. Nixon was literally, no, keep the faith, keep the faith, he told them. And I, he literally That's was offering a pardon works. on a tape to at Billy least Joel to somebody. Billy Joel was about keeping the faith. Well, that's true. Billy Joel is a liar, though. Billy Joel is a goddamn treasure. This beer, uh, Nate's face says it all. Jimmy, you brought it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I've never seen you make that face before. Uh, this is called Damn It Feels Good to Be a Gangster because they kept talking about how Nixon ran his administration like the mob. So I did that. This is a different kind of gangster, and there's some gold teeth on this label. It's, it's called a, Black and Wild. I don't know what that means. Well, Black and Mild are those shitty oh, yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. It's Newports. also by the Trinity Brewing Company. This is an interesting smell. It's like a sour black beer. Holy shit. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> I have had this before, and it, I was prepared, and it's still terrible. It's a malt beverage. It tastes it's like not it, beer. It tastes like it's, it's a combined grape dimetap with sour. Yeah, it's eight point one percent booze. Like this pep- is fucking what's, weird. What's in it? It's like peppercorn in it or something, right? It, it, it doesn't say anything. It's expensive beer. I bought this and it was like ten dollars a bottle. Heavy and roast chocolate, debittered black, and special B malts. Balanced, creative addition of these special golden ingredients: honey, golden raisins, and mustard seed. Oh, uh, mustard seed. Aged in Definitely French. Don't taste that. French something Chardonnay barrels. French oak Chardonnay. I can't see good. French. It's, okay, so it's, it's you a, really don't get any of those flavors. You just no. get intense sour. It's bizarre. This is the opposite because sour beer is not usually dark. Like that's this. true. That's this is unique. Yeah. One other dark sour beer I could this think is of. Some different. I expected this to be not anything like this. It's interesting. It's honestly, it's not terrible. It's just okay. Once surprising. you get used to the sourness, yeah. The first thing is like first getting sip kicked out. in the mouth. First sip sucks. I'm getting a distinct grape kind of flavor out of this. Is that from the wine barrel thing? Maybe? It must, you, it must be from the wine. That? Do you get that? Yeah, it does. It does, it, it does taste kind of like wine. Little wine, mm-hmm. which in my mind is grape diametap, the sweet juice. Yeah, the sweet sweet juice. Scissorp ale for when you're robo tripping. It's good stuff. This is 
Interesting. It's different. Wild and crazy. It's black and wild. That's what it says on it. Well, they put you some sort of crazy yeast, probably. So it's not a kettle sour. It's probably just they like let God knows what kind of fucking yeast get in there and just go to town. Mm-hmm. And to town they went. It is not my style. It's not my well style either. in town. This is different. I'll give them that. It's different. I agree. But it has so many things in the description that you can't taste. Yeah, I don't taste any mustard. Mustard seed? I don't think I'd want to taste mustard in a drink. Well, it's mustard seed, which does taste different than mustard, the condiment. And you just like eat them? Like, like I, sunflower seeds? I don't know. I don't know what you do, but I mean, that's a weird ingredient for sure. I don't know what kind of flavor it imparts. I don't taste any honey either. No. You never really do taste honey in beer. It's because it's so, it's just a sugar. Is it just yeast food? It's essentially what it becomes more alcohol. Oh, okay. Unless you put the honey in and then you... At the end? Like take, either filter the yeast out or you put, there's like things you could put in there to stop the yeast, that kill the yeast essentially. And then the honey will be oh, in there. Is it I, I want to say it's drop, called a chem. Drop one of those eggs into the uh, the keg. Uh, maybe <laughs> this is. It might give it this flavor. <laughs> this is mouth puckeringly bitter and tart. Not bitter, tart, sour. Yeah, it's tart. It does not feel good to drink. Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. Gangsta, excuse me. This is this is not gangster for sure. No. If you're gonna have a gangster drink, it would not be a sour beer. Aged in French oak barrels. Yeah. It's, it's, isn't it Cristal or Ciroc? I mean, I think if you're going to go to the stereotypes of gangsta, it should be a 40. Well, it is a malt, malt liquor. But malt liquor just means it, there's a legal distinction between yeah. beer and malt liquor. It's not about, you know, you get to it's call percentages it Percentages or something. Right? If it's 50%, 49% or less malt in it's the grain bell. Then it's beer. Then it's a malt liquor. Beer has to be 50%. But it just has some malt in there and a bunch of adjunct bullshit. That oh, so it's not gap. malt and like, okay. No, it was like malt and rice and potato or, you know, pure corn, whatever it is that gets the alcohol. So Budweiser? Out. Budweiser is a beer because it's at least 50% malt barley. It's 51%. More than likely it's 51%. Yeah. 50.01%. Whatever That's the true. legal line is, they are riding that shit. Just like Nixon tried to ride that line, but he failed. He did. And every other one of the president's men also failed because they were incompetent clowns. Yeah, they all they all really got fucked up. They sucked balls. At at some point, Robert Mueller and his investigation is going to issue a, a report, and sure. and it's possible the report will say no, we really didn't find anything, or the report will say most likely it will say we found a little bit of something, but it won't be so incredibly damning. Now and for and really the main thing to compare whatever that is to compare it to is Watergate. Well, you would think the thing to compare it to would be Clinton and the Kenneth Starr investigation because that was that actually too. a special investigator. Who so saw was the president getting whops from his fucking intern. Uh, yeah, and I forget what they were actually investigating with Clinton. They were investigating but it was not a him land deal. Jobs. It was actually a land deal gone bad back in Arkansas in the eighties. They were like, oh, it turns out guys into getting BJ's because he's big a man. surprise. <laughs> Tore the case wide open. <laughs> but so we, that is definitely going to be another comparison. And even though a articles of impeachment, our articles of impeachment were approved by the House, he eventually did not even get, uh, he did not have to leave office because the Senate did not convict him. Whereas, whereas Nixon, it was clear the Senate was absolutely going to vote to impeach him if he went through with the process. Yeah, so that's why was, he just resigned. It was beyond doubt at that point because he fucking admitted to it on tape. Because the Though main Republicans... Trump admitted to a lot on tape too and they don't give a shit. Well, the main Republican he leaders... said what you could grab them by. He didn't say <laughs> he did grab them by. Yes, that's true. I think the implication was clear in that statement, but... Locker room talk. Maybe that's all Nixon was doing was locker room talk. <laughs> the, the locker room tapes? That's the what locker we need room here? talk I, about the Jews. <laughs> 
That's what a few, that's in country clubs. That is what they talk about in, in locker rooms. <laughs> the other, well, there's only one other president that has been impeached, which was Andrew Johnson. Andrew Johnson, and that he, was for like some horseshit thing. They like tricked him. It could have literally it was really been horseshit. for just not going with the House wanted, and the House was like, "Fuck you." They made some sort of weird fucking law that he. Like, he couldn't dismiss someone in his cabinet or something like that? Yeah, I, I don't know the actual details, but it, it was mostly bullshit. And they're Though, like, that doesn't mean he was an effective president, because he was not. Um, that's that that's was a back totally, in the day. totally different discussion, if that they was were a good president That was a very different time, where the president really yeah. didn't have as much well, power. Starting with Lincoln, then. the president had a lot of power. But that got expanded significantly by FDR and the New Deal. Oh, well, actually, Teddy time. Roosevelt... And that was in the and then FDR with those the square deal. Roosevelt guys, those fucking Roosevelts. Yeah, exactly. So by the time of Nixon and Clinton, the the power, the important power and importance of the presidency is much much greater. Sure, because back in you know Andrew Johnson's day, the president could decide what China to put out for the state dinner. Like there was not, a and whole... he was elected by Congress, wasn't he? No, no. you're or thinking about senators, senators, which were elected by the state yeah. legislature. And that's like, I forget which, con- which amendment that is that changes that. One of the earlier, one of the later ones, like 25 or something ridiculous. I want to say it was 16, but I could be wrong. You could be, I mean, it's like the 20th century, though. Or close to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 20th century. It's pretty recent. It's, it's surprisingly recent. All right. So, again, the Trump thing, sure, I see there are parallels because there were so few examples of this sort of thing happening. But, and I, I know fully well because of the political predilections of the three of us, not that I am, I, I am the most conservative of the three of us, um, that I'm going to be put in the position to defend Trump. I'll, I'll go there. Where is the evidence that anything has happened so far? Okay, well... As we record this in... So we're recording this in the middle of July of, of 2018. Yes, which so is important. That's an important fact because there is no report yet. Things could change in the next 15 minutes and probably will. Yeah, it changes constantly. <laughs> and we don't know exactly when this episode is going to come out. But the out. Mueller report hasn't actually changed. Like he, no. So they like, haven't they, issued Mueller anything. Hasn't, not only has the Mueller team not issued a report, they also haven't leaked anything. No, they're, they're, the that's only impressive. Things, they put out zero statements these are like ever. the These are like the all-star prosecutors that are very, very professional the, because the they haven't leaked anything. Unlike the uh, Ken Starr investigation, which just like leaked embarrassing things, but leaked more than Bill Clinton's old dick. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> um, and so, speaking of old dick, now, but there are there are a couple of different things he's investigating. One is whether Russia actually had any, whether the Trump campaign actually cooperated at actively, all with Russia, actively, actively colluded. Co- actively colluded, though collusion is technically not a thing. It's actually a much more specific term, which I don't know off the top of my head, because okay. Mueller is also investigating obstruction of justice, which is for specifically around trying to cover up the trying to stop the investigation into Michael Flynn, which is part of the investigation into into the Russia thing and firing. That includes firing Robert Mueller. Now, uh, Comey, Comey, yeah, firing Comey. You're right. He hasn't yet fired Robert Mueller, although we can talk about when Nixon did fire his special prosecutor and how bad that was. That's a different parallel. Um, But anyway. Uh, obstruction uh, of the articles of impeachment actually approved by the House um, in 1974, obstruction of justice was article number one. Second one was abuse of power or abuse of office or something like that. Being a dick. Exactly. A tricky dick. Dick. And so, and uh, <clears throat> a lot of this is going to come down to uh, whether Mueller issues a report and just how damning it is. But just the things that have come out in the media. Several people have already pled guilty 
That's not to the that's not to the I mean, specific to, to various things, obstruction thing like low level people. Uh, what they did say in this, this book, is, in this book, they did say what you do with something like this is you gather way too much evidence and you start with the low people and you over prosecute them and over get evidence so that they testify, and then you get yeah. the next ring in and you work your way in. So you they, what they're doing is why it's taking so long. I imagine because of the complexity. And they also. have the internet. They're not. They have the internet knocking on doors and hoping to get invited but, in for coffee. So yeah. But here's the thing. It. But still, because it's an actual investigation, you really do have to talk to all these people. Like it's they not should, just and about if you're going after stuff on the internet. The president, or not even the president, but like people up there, it's going to take a while. Like a regular everyday person trial Apparently, takes months. It's going to take an entire term of presidency. It could listen. It it could. Obstruction of justice and abuse of power are all about the motivations of the president for doing it. Well, this is good enough time as any to bring out this beer because I think it really applies to how this situation is going to go. This is called No Resolutions. Which is every New Year's for me. <laughs> By the Bronx Brewery, New York's second shittiest borough, but not a bad. Second shittiest. Staten Island. Big time. I just had to plot it in my... Yeah, that's true. And Queens is number one. Queens is number one. Queens! And I'll put Brooklyn, too. Manhattan's number two. Fuck Brooklyn. Manhattan is number two isn't shit. Fuck Brooklyn. But you know what? In terms of the political discussion, we're not going to come to any resolutions right now. No. Nope. Never. Because, well, not never, hopefully, but... The cards, thing, the things haven't been, you know, everything's up on the air, whatever fucking metaphor yeah, you want. It's, it's not it's still, determined yet. There's but not like every time people say like, why haven't they found anything? I was like, obviously they found some stuff because people Maybe. have gone to jail already. And he, But the thing is that you will find stuff, like when you are combing through with a, you're going through with a fine-tooth comb, you will find all sorts of stuff. Right? Yeah, certainly. Again, Clint, they found out Clinton was getting blowjobs from his, you know, yeah, intern saying, Jewess, Why haven't they found anything then? It hasn't been that long in the scheme of major investigations. True. But you know what also doesn't help in the which is very different than the book in the twenty four hour news cycle. And that's also yeah. Everything it's must now. be instant, and people obsess about every single detail for an entire twenty four hours. You got to fill time, and then Trump has to tweet something totally ridiculous. Everything to is happening story. in this book. They're like, oh, we've got to get it in by the eight p.m. deadline for the paper tomorrow. And now it's just everything there is, is no constant. Yeah. No. When you have it, you go to print. And because not print, there is you no put print. it on the you internet. Put it on the internet. Yeah. You, Printernet. <laughs> you go right onto MSNBC or CNN or Fox or whoever else you like, and then they could talk about it. Then and they'll instantly have a panel of douchebags to talk about it. And those people, panel shows are the fucking worst. They really—they're ruining America. Well, then CNN president guy say like politics should be treated like a sport. Like these shows should be it should be like a, a de- like every debate should be like a match. Like it's it not about news; like it. it's about arguing and getting people to watch because it, they're just arguing. It does feel like it. And when you talk about sports, it makes me think of how you'll never get a Mets fan to admit that the Yankees are good, even when they win the World no, Series, the right? Yan- like it's the, the Yankees. Other side the Yankees evil. are good. They're still bastards, but they're good. Well, so, all right, you've already made a bigger stride than any cable news person ever. A has. bigger resolution. Ooh. This is, by the way, it's an uh, IPA. It doesn't taste like an IPA. It's a little mute in it's terms a little, of... a little muted. It's a good sessionable one to use that. Crushable. Crushable. It's 7.6 alcohol. Shit. Percent alcohol. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh-oh. That's not that crushable. It felt crushable. Going it's a complete, a complex, juicy IPA with a strong malt backbone. I would say it's not juicy, though. It's kind of juicy. I mean, it's like... it's it's, it's Compared it's to those New England IPAs, yeah. it's not Oh, compared juicy. to yeah, those. the ones where it tastes like mango and pineapple juice. Yeah, those are different, though. This is this is an IPA. It's, it's a good it's, one. It's okay. Yeah, I like it. It's just it's kind of like the Founders Double Trouble. You're like, yeah, that's a good beer. Okay. I'm fine with this. Yeah. If I saw this listed on like a, a menu full of like, here's 15 beers we have, and they said, no resolutions, IPA, I'd be like, IPA, I don't want that. But it, do, it doesn't... I feel like that, that, you know, it's once again the labeling and the 
classification is fluid, like beer. But, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's fine. So of the beer... I think it's better than the Double Trouble. I like the Double Trouble better just because I have had more everything. Oh, those faces on it are really creepy. I didn't notice those before. Oh, yeah, you turn them upside down. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't want your it's dreams. like a fucking Escher drawing or something. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's creepy. <laughs> so, um, so who should read this book? Nobody. I think people, you know... They sh- okay, a different I question. Is it necessary to read this book? No. No, absolutely definitely not. not. No, definitely not. No. If only, if anything, it's like laughably simple how like simple the conspiracies and the government stuff was back then. Yeah. It's almost well, like... I'm going to move this, this potted plant on my window. <laughs> that tells you we're going to meet. I would say if you were inter- if there was a reason to read this book, it's actually not to learn about Watergate because it's just so fucking confusing. the The reason to read it would be I'm interested in how reporters actually go about their job, or at actually least used to used to. I mean, I, I think there are still major similarities with today. It just minus think, the internet stuff. Yeah, I mean, it, the timeline for printing stuff is different, but I think a lot of the stuff is similar. Oh, there's a lot. There's less typewriters. There's also yeah. a lot more people kind of doing the fact checking stuff. For yes. you, yes, you have a lot. Well, yeah. they never really mentioned but in this. They don't have them now. We have they've invented interns to do that shit for you. Oh yeah, that's yeah. True. So that's almost a the best reason I can come up with to read this book. But it is not necessary. I think it's, it's to worth read. reading, but it's not necessary. I didn't enjoy it at all. I really was bored out of my mind. It's definitely dense and kind of boring. But you know, it's it's a big part of American history. That I didn't. I realized I didn't know shit about. I mean, sure, but you know, like I could go read a dense book about the Mexican American War or the Black Hawk War, yeah, or like but some I feel other like event this, that this was is, a major this event. This is a little mm-hmm. more prescient for people today, if only because it happened during people who are alive's lifetime. Sure, and also Mexican American War was want like to see a parallel between this and today. Certainly, but it it it's more it's more relatable than Santa Ana, I guess. I mean, yeah. literally, it's you more relatable. I, I don't know. If you lived in Texas, you would have a very different answer to that question. Well, people in Texas are different. Because they think the investigation is bullshit. Anyway. And also, they well, never forgot Texas. the Alamo, even though they fucking lost. Not even once. Like, not even once when they forgot their car keys, did they also forget the Alamo. <laughs> <laughs> they always know about the Alamo. <laughs> <laughs> what happened last night? I don't remember. Do you remember the Alamo? Yes. Then we're fine. <laughs> I don't think anyone needs to read this unless you're a presidential history buff. Yeah. I, I think understanding what happened is interesting. Yeah. But you can get it way more easily. You can read the Wikipedia article. I did. I th- I think I, even I that's confusing. even start understanding. I have to read it like four more times. Yeah. No, I feel like I've read this, if I read this book ten times, I'd probably remember a little bit of it. It's overly dense. Uh, for I mean, sure. It's, it's, uh, it, I mean, it's supposed to be, I think. Well, they want to show you. I don't, what I don't they see did. how they could have simplified it anymore. Well, a lot of the book that was also them bragging about all the work they did. I mean, and like, a, and then I had to run over here, and then I had to get over. I had to wait in this lobby for this person. I had and to fly to Miami. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not office. that I forgot much. My it's notebook. Pro- maybe it's maybe it's eight percent of the book as I'm talking about them going places. Of course, doing, but I, but it's just the sheer volume of people involved no, and all that shit. But it's just that's it's dense and complicated because the thing was that much. They can't be like, and then we found a bunch of guys do some bad stuff and let's skip that. You know, you kinda gotta walk them through it. So no. it's dense because it has to be because it really happened. It was an important story to tell in nineteen seventy four. It that For sure. this these are the things we did to investigate it, which all those details were important just because there were there were conservatives on the you know radio and TV saying these are, you know, these are liberals out to destroy the president. And coming out with the book saying, these are all the things we found. These are the people we talked to. This is how much, this is how many different people we talked to to report this story. That was important in 1974. So could see what actually, like, they weren't just making it up. Like, yeah. we did these things 
look at the look at the things I have done. Look at my slideshow of the things I have done. Look at it. Yeah. I'll give him that, which I have to say, I can't say that. I mean, I actually can't name a current reporter. You know, everybody you think of who's like a news person, they're like a pundit, really. Or they're just a, you know, an anchor at a... Yeah, or they're an anchor, right? Like, Rachel Maddow is not fucking no, reporting. She's, oh, God. She's not a reporter, no. Uh, okay. Or fucking uh, Greg Gutfeld. Or, but, you know, like all these, you know, the people you think of who talk about politics, like Don yeah, Lemon Party, like they they're, are they're fucking... Anchors. They're not. They're not actually out there reporting. I'd, I mean, a lot of it, a report, the reporting, reporting is still mostly print. And nobody gives a cock about that except other reporters. I mean, those the, when they when they anchor things and they talk about people, the, the stuff, stuff they're talking out. about is the stuff that talk that was written in print. You know, one of the problems they have though is like they print shit and they have to do fucking retractions often because information is so fluidly yeah. available. We printed it for our eight o'clock deadline. Uh, not only because of that, it's also be- they also have to do retractions because people are feeding them false stories. And sometimes they, and sometimes reporters end up falling for it. And so afterward, it comes out, oh, that's that was fake news, and they actually have to retract it, and they and the reporters lose their jobs. So for I mean, we could go and and the the easy thing to go to, and because the president can, you know, this president says whatever he wants. Sure, okay, fine. Like you know, presidents fucking lie. Now maybe Trump lies more than others. Almost certainly. He just lies about stupid shit. I mean, nobody talks about Benjamin Harrison's bullshit, but I'm sure... He did not have the biggest turkey farm in the East. <laughs> Fake news. <laughs> Fake news. <laughs> when will the liars come clean? But, the you know, fine. Yeah, the president gets... Jimmy Carter had the biggest peanut farm, but his peanut is not a nut. It's a legume, that lying fuck. That's... <laughs> it is a legume. What's the lie? It's got nut in the title. I see. I see. It also has pee in the title. You don't pee on him. He definitely peed. <laughs> he peed, he on peed them? several times by pres- when, while he was president. He peed. <laughs> in the White House. Many times a day. And in that Russian hotel room. Ooh. Ooh. That would be, that'd be a big twist. That would it be was not Russian hookers. It was Jimmy Carter <laughs> peeing on the bed. <laughs> I wasn't referring to Jimmy, Jimmy Carter, Carter peeing on Trump's face on a hotel bed in Russia. <laughs> that would be truly uh, he, the most uh, he bizarre he thing. like peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> Teabagged them. I hope that's the real truth. My peanut butter is You're chunky. A, <laughs> You're a pea lever. Oh, nice. So I didn't come up with that. I, I don't. I mean, should anyone read the book? No. Should you understand the story? Definitely. It's, yeah, you don't need to read the book, but you should understand the story because I admit I didn't know about 90% of it. I thought it was just like, oh, it was a break-in. But it wasn't about that. It was, that's what led them to the real story. Totally. And, that's and I think that, you know, it helps to know things. And it's not, if you read the Wikipedia article for 45 minutes, you'd understand a little bit more, and that's better. I, I agree with you. So thanks for making us read this. You're welcome, guys. So, <laughs> favorite beer? I think my favorite was the Stout. That was delicious. I finished that whole can of it. You know, I did like the Stout. Uh, usually I pick the IPA, or one of the IPAs, but you know what? I thought that was a delicious stout, and I don't usually like them, so I'm going to pick that one today. What, that was the, what was that one called again? Stillwater Artisanal clear, yeah. uh, Critical Thinking. Critical Thinking. That was a good one. I don't remember so good, but I'm kind of going to go with the, the Undercover Investigation Shutdown. That was the first one we had. That was actually yeah. a really good beer. I mm-hmm. thought it was surprisingly good, and surprising because it was an accident that we even had it. I would say the worst beer. Worst beer? Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. That, that's just so Which disgusting. is saying something when there's a Budweiser beer on the table. A special, a special magic Budweiser. Budweiser though. was just like, meh. meh. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Wasn't like it was disgusting, strongly and disgusting, objectionable. Yeah, it mm-hmm. was a, it, at least two point eight trillion times better than regular Budweiser. 
Yeah, the number keeps getting higher. <laughs> it's infinity times better than Budweiser because anything times zero. Didn't feel like someone peeing zero. in my mouth. It's, yeah. Budweiser is terrible. It is a terrible product. Freedom Reserve? Meh. Not really great. And also, it's made by non-Americans, so fuck this fake shit. They don't know what real freedom is. Yeah. I have to say the nay toe to that. The Devil's in the Details, interesting and fucking weird beer. I kind of dug it. That I'm a little disappointed. It was different. We might throw some of that out right now. We could have a little bit more of it. I think we will. The day is young. Kind of. But this is not yet. Solidly solid selection, gentlemen. My favorite Mm -hmm. was probably the stout, but these were all pretty solid. None none were dumb. One was different and weird. It was weird. But none were like, I hate myself for having had this. Someone just peed in my mouth. Well, I mean, that could still happen. (laughs) The day is young, as you said. (laughs) Well, if you're interested in any of those things you described, why don't you uh, send us a message at uh, Twitter at DrunkGuysBC. Or send us an email to DrunkGuysBookClub at gmail.com. Or go to Facebook and Instagram at DrunkGuysBookClub. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.